to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I'm your host. I'm a retail transformation specialist and a coach and a consultant working directly with retailers to define their ideal operating model, to explain how the business works or should work and identify a huge number of great opportunities along the way. Thanks for tuning in. This one is episode 192, number 192. And today I'm very pleased to be joined on the show by Simon Heddo from Rethink Productivity. Now, if you are not already aware, then Simon and Simon's company, Rethink Productivity, are partnering with me and OB and Co to put on a new event, real life event, Productivity and Transformation 2022. And in the build up, this is a, a bit of a fun episode, actually, <laughs> we've got in for you which we'll get into in just a moment. But just to remind you very quickly to head over to the show notes page today at obandco.uk slash 192, where you can do one of three things. Firstly, sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing, the weekly email to keep your finger firmly on the pulse of the ever-evolving world of retail. Absolutely free. Sign up at obandco.uk slash 192 or find out how you can apply to attend Productivity and Transformation 2022. It's a free event. It is for retailers only and I would love to see you there and love to be able to help support you as you consider what transformation initiatives you need to take on given the financial challenges that the retail world is facing given the supply chain challenges, given the people challenges, as well as, of course, the ever-evolving customer habits as well. So you can apply to attend absolutely free. And you can also find contact details for Simon and I and get involved in our next fun get-together. Details to follow. Stay tuned. I'll catch you at the end of the episode with three recommendations of more listening to do as well. So settle down and enjoy Simon Heddo and myself mixing it up. Here we go. A very warm welcome to you, Simon. How are things? Hi, Ollie. How are you? Really looking forward to the Productivity and Transformation Conference. And we're going to get into a bit of a chat about myths and mottos in retail today. Absolutely. Shall we just bring people up to speed with what Productivity and Transformation 2022 is? because this is our event that I am so excited to be collaborating with you and with the Rethink Productivity team for. It's happening on the 15th of September in Birmingham in the UK for our international listeners. And we're going to be diving into some really big themes. Simon? Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for the day. I would encourage people who haven't signed up to sign up quickly. Places are going fast. It's a free event, retail, hospitality focused, 
but don't be disappointed because we do have a limited number of spaces. There's only so far we want to stretch. You know, people don't want to be that close together because of what's happened in the last couple of years. So we need plenty of space, plenty of room, but a limited number of people. So you've got to sign up. Absolutely. And you will find that link to sign up on the show notes or reach out to Simon or myself either on LinkedIn or we'll, we'll share our emails a bit later on. Yeah, there's plenty of publishing on social media. So again, find Ollie and I on social. We've both got links to sign up pages on websites, but I would just encourage you to get in there quick. Do not be disappointed. It's going to be an awesome day. Yep, can't wait. Lots of planning already done. Lots of planning to come. Lots of guests to reveal. But before we do that, I think we're going to have a, a quick chat. I'm looking forward to this one about retail myths and mottos. So our our lives, Ollie, both started out in stores, didn't they? And working for various retailers and, and that kind of stuff. We're going to touch on acronyms in the second episode. That'll be entertaining itself. Guess guess the acronym. But myths and mottos today. So go on, kick us off with the first retail myth or motto. Well, the first retail myth or motto, I should say, that we are going to explore today, Simon, is perhaps the classic retail motto of the customer is always right. What's your take on this, Simon? They're always right until they're wrong. (laughs) Real life example, I was working in DIY store, got called to the service desk. There's a lady stood there not very happy with her her son, said, hi, how are you? You've asked to speak to the manager, how may I help you? She said, this uh, this head trimmer doesn't work. I said, oh, that's unfortunate. And only just bought it. Here's my receipt. So thank you very much. Let let me just check it over, see if I can help. So she cut through the cable and was was adamant she hadn't cut through the cable. The cable was clearly cut by the breadth of the the blade and it just stopped working when she was using it. So I was quite tactful, which is probably not what people may expect from me and diplomatic again which probably people might, might not expect i kind of said well it, it, to me it looks like we've cut through the cable here it's a really clean cut if you put it there it's exactly the same aperture it kind of explains why it would have just stopped working da, 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 da. and i won't bore you with the re- detail of the rest of the conversation but that for me is a classic example of you've then got a dilemma of do you take the customer on face value they're always right or actually are there times when you do have to push back don't know, but that, that's a real life story of, for me where maybe the customer isn't always right. Yeah, I think that's interesting because what is right, Simon? Because I, I could definitely argue in that situation that the customer believed they were right. They have gone out of their way, you know, spent time, money, effort to get to the store. Yes, they're looking for, for, for a resolution. Yes, perhaps some customers may have made the mistake and realised and trying to wing it. The majority of times, though, I don't think customers are trying to be fraudulent, I would suggest. Yes, there are some out there. And yes, I'm sure we've all got examples. But I think the customer often believes they're right, whether they are or are not. Yeah, I think there's an education piece, isn't there? There's always a compromise. So if you if you can put yourself in their shoes, see where they're coming from, I think there's always a, a win-win. But on face value, I'm not sure they're, they're always right. But yeah, I take I take your point. It depends depends what you define as right. Yeah, I think so. And I think you touch on a really important point there because, you know, thinking about the customer is always right and almost sort of bleeds us into another retail motto of sort of being customer centric or customer focused or customer first, where actually how often do you truly look at your own operations, your own experience from your customer's perspective? where you don't know everything about your business, where you don't 
understand the pain points. You don't know the the lingo and the little sort of reasons for this or the, the ways of doing that. But actually, how do you take a look at your business, at your experience, like I say, and say, like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm just going to approach it as it comes. I'm going to use the info that I get fed whether it's sort of transacting on a website, what do I what do I understand from the FAQs or the delivery page, or whether it is browsing in store and what information can I find out about a particular product to make an informed decision? I think that's a, a really important skill going forward. Yeah, and again, there's lots of metrics out there, isn't there, in terms of customer satisfaction, CX, as, as people kind of band it, those metrics where you've been asked to rate your experience, tap the smiley face, tap the sad face, put some <laughs> verbatim comments in. So I think that they are valued. I think they'd be even more important. And again, if you ask for feedback, you kind of then obliged to do something with it because the worst thing is to ask for feedback and then be ignored because you then build apathy and you lose the kind of advocacy in the brand. Yeah. And again, real life example, and this for me is where there's still a disconnect. So another podcast I've talked about where we've talked about top, top stock and high shelves. So where you've got boxes or stock above that's not for sale, but is the um, excess overstock for that particular four foot, eight foot run. Yes. For me, it makes from a productivity point of view, it's absolute sense. It's located close to the product, easier to count, easy to replenish, reduces waste and walk. From a senior leadership and field team in most organizations, they don't like it because it doesn't look very nice. Mm. Now, as a customer, I've never walked into my local supermarket and gone, I'm not going to buy that pack of biscuits because there's a dirty, big, great brown box above it. I've walked in and thought, yeah, price seems fair, got stock, I'm going to have it. So Absolutely. again, for me, my customer mind, my metrics are, is it there? Is it a fair price? And if it is, I'll, I'll potentially buy it. Not actually, does it look nice above? Yeah, I might look up and think, oh, if this was my store, I would tidy that up, which is my retailer's head, not my customer head. Mm, absolutely. Availability is the aim of the game. And if capping shelves or top shelves, however you refer to them, allow you to bring that stock down, replenish its shelf quickly, then great. And actually, if you're not able to replenish its shelf quickly, but the customer can still see it's there, then they've got the option to ask for some help. To bring it down or if they're particularly tall they can uh, reach it for themselves i suppose the only caveat to that is where it's being used in an unsafe manner and you've got those sort of leaning tower of pieces of the pickle jars yeah. and <laughs> yeah, like, please yeah. don't yeah, fall <laughs> need some rules there needs to be some rules in the game but um it looks untidy let's not do it let's put it all back yeah where was that on the customer survey because i suspect queues at tills staff available availability of products and pricing were mentioned a lot more than those brown boxes or those packets above the shelves that I can't reach that you're kind of not supposed to reach anyway unless you're a colleague absolutely absolutely go on what you got next well how about another classic retail one retail is detail I love this phrase I first heard it quite early on in my career at Tesco and obviously I love the love the rhyming nature of it but I also love what it implies, but also love it as a challenge point as well, because quite often I've heard people using it almost as a way to gloss over the detail, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a chance to say, well, let's zoom down into it and get into more detail. What, what's your uh, experience with retail is detail? 
Yeah, I, I think it is one of those classic phrases that's coined and probably will be coined forever in a day in, in this environment. You know, if you're not into the detail, then those things grow and become a big issue that you've you've missed or has blindsided you. And certainly in retail, being blindsided by something is, is something nobody wants from a, a store or a customer point of view because you're not prepared for it and you mm. potentially might not react in the same way. Yeah. I think I think it's one of those, again, probably a, an example, a real life example. If you think of pricing in retail shops, if one or two labels are missing, it's not ideal and customers might take it to the to the checkouts or service desk and ask the price or they might not buy it, which which isn't great. But actually, if that then perpetuates to each day we miss one or two price changes, new labels, all of a sudden we've got a store that's got a big problem because a quarter of the stuff isn't priced and that comes with trading standards issues, lost sales, customer dissatisfaction. So for, for me, that statement's all, always really meant if you are focusing on the detail, you know, it, it's never going to be perfect in an environment with lots of people and customers are variable and stock and all the other things that go on. Mm. But it probably means you avoid the big catastrophic issues that come from when the detail becomes, you know, that big meteor that comes hurtling towards you that hits you at a million miles an hour. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because also retailers' details suggests that you're getting into advanced considerations and aspects. But actually, when you think about what's happening in the market and a lot of initiatives that many different, not just retailers, but customer-facing companies have launched in recent years, all sort of focused around fundamentals or back to basics. There's a huge opportunity with resetting the standards, going after colleague training to bring people up to speed on how things work. And arguably, I would say, you know, a, a back to basics program is not the detail. It is level one so to speak and I think I think there is a huge opportunity so we shouldn't be scared of that you know it's it's always good to do a proverbial spring clean not necessarily around cleaning but about resetting and saying there's a load of stuff it's blown us off course let's spend a moment get back to what we know we must do really well the core essentially and and then get on to adding more intricacies helping customers deal with data, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and I think people get pulled into the exciting stuff. So the, oh, yeah. new, <laughs> the, new, the new product, the new hardware that's in the, the environment, the new fandangle thing that's coming down from head office, and that takes the right off the detail. And it's then very difficult to get those rhythms and routines back. So for me, retail is relatively simple. If you've got relatively happy colleagues, and I think you have to accept in the, the bigger the environment, the bigger the challenge that is, because it's really difficult to keep everybody happy all the time. So as a consensus, are most people happier? If you've got stock and it's priced, and your store's clean. And I think cleanliness has crept up the agenda since COVID. Mm-hmm. People are just acutely more aware of it. You're probably not far off. And then you've got different levels and layers underneath that. But the, the core principles are relatively simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. Simon, what myth or motto should we explore next? Uh, one I used to hear a lot is what gets measured gets managed. So I think it's a tricky one and I'll, I'll come to you for your view. But, you know, if... If in an organization, your immediate boss, so if you run a store or a hotel, so your area regional manager has a passion for stores being really tidy, then guess what you'll focus on? If your leader has a passion for training for colleagues, guess what you'll focus on? So I find it really interesting having worked for lots of different people across my career in those environments that 
you quickly realize that that is a, a quite a simple way to get ahead but actually when you come out of that environment what you realize is all of them are, are jumping to slightly different tunes so from a corporate point of view you've got this big discrepancy going on i don't know if you've experienced that or or any stories absolutely well uh, i've actually just been doing a workshop earlier on today where this was actually a key theme and it's so important to think about your measurements, think about your KPIs, your metrics, etc. I I actually prefer rather than what gets measured gets managed, I actually prefer measure what matters, which yep. actually drives us to focus on what is actually important. Because you know, it's it's there in the original myth, I suppose. If you are focused on the wrong topic, it will drive the wrong behavior. And if you are driving the wrong behaviors, that's just not good for your overall business. It's not going to deliver the results that you hope it will do. It's going to mean that perhaps people find ways of gamifying a particular measure. I'm sure we've all got experiences of different gamification techniques and strategies, whether it's hiding products such that you can prove they're always available or waiting until you waste off certain products, keeping it in the freezer until you're ready to scan it through and into the bin because you've got a, a nice low day on the waste. All of those different things ultimately drive so much extra effort <laughs> to, to make sure that the measure is right. I think it, it does challenge us. And I think the other thing to throw in here is we love a bit of competition in retail, don't we? Whether it's league tables of who's got the most sales or who's got you know, the best the best KPI for whatever KPI we're looking at in the company, in the group, blah, 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 whatever. I think it actually can really inspire us to some great things. But we also must recognise that when we are in a league table against our own colleagues, we might be taking the eye off the ball around actually helping customers and competing in, you know, an intense market. Yeah, no, no, I agree. It's interesting that yeah, it kind of drives disparity or variance just because of those local nuances where actually as a, corp- a corporation, back to your subtle change in the messaging, what you're trying to drive is consistent focus on the key things that matter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you avoid all of that cottage industry and custom processes to make sure that you're managing what is measured. But most importantly, you are measuring what matters. Absolutely. So final one then, what have you got? For me, I love the phrase, the only constant is change. We've heard it so much over the past couple of years, and actually probably even longer than that, to be honest. But I think this is really reflective that the only constant is change. But I'd temper that with the fact that how much has life really changed when you look at it? You know, we're not flying around in flying cars and living life truly in the metaverse just yet. What are your thoughts on uh, on this myth or motto, Simon? No, I agree. Yeah, I think if you if you wait for things to settle down or to become normal or there to be no change, you're probably disappointed. So I think once you accept the fact that changes are, changes are constant, sometimes there may be more than others, you can kind of get your head around it then and really move forward and, and start planning and, and delivering that change. We've talked about it before. It's that kind of evolution or revolution i think certainly in the environments we work in and talk about it's evolving all the time yes there'll be transformational programs yes there'll be transformational people that are looking at big step change but actually the run of the mill is constant evolution 
and and that's really what you see and once you can get your head around that I think uh, the world is a, a lot easier place to live in and deal with. Absolutely and I love that concept of evolution in the retail marketplace because it is changing all the time it's just not sort of totally white paper <laughs> change but what's important is that businesses and operating models continue to change as well because if you don't continue to change and you stay static for extended periods of time and I'm sure we can all think of examples of companies retail or not where there has been no change no meaningful change or the wrong change and you've not kept up with the times and then suddenly the leap from the status quo to arguably current benchmark levels is so enormous when actually it could have been easily avoided through continual reinvention, continual transformation and ongoing iteration. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let, let's pause there and we'll come back and we'll do the next episode as we talked about on retail acronyms. I've got a couple of corking ones that you'll never guess. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling the beads of sweat uh, yeah. <laughs> accumulating I, on my brow right now. <laughs> I'm sure you've got a couple of, a couple the other way. So um, maybe it, it will, it might even be a, a, an episode with expletives in depending on which ones we, uh, we pull out, pull out the bag from previous history. But anyway, oh, and so, hey, folks, here's, here's the opportunity to to get involved if you would like to throw an acronym in our direction for the next episode then reach out either to me oliver.banks at obandco.uk or simon yep or simon at rethinkproductivity.co.uk or you can message us both on linkedin if you're connected or connect and message us absolutely so throw us the challenging acronyms that you would like to uh, to test us on and I look forward to hearing from you. And if you, of course, would like to join Productivity and Transformation 2022, then reach out. You must register. Like Simon said earlier on, tickets are going super fast, really quite a lot faster than we could have hoped for. So which is fantastic. I can't wait for the day. Simon, any closing thoughts? No, nope, I'm going off now to write my list of acronyms before I forget. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go off. I'm going to get prepared and I will speak to you on the next one. Take care. Catch you then, Simon. Thanks. Bye. Tell me this. What is your favourite myth or motto about retail? What are your views on the four that we discussed today? Do get in touch, like I say. You can find the details on the show notes at obandco.uk slash 192. And if you're wondering what to listen to next, then here are three recommendations to check out. First up, episode 150, number 150, called The Ever-Evolving World of Retail. And in that one, you can continue to explore around whether retail is actually changing. Also check out a great episode I did on contradictions, episode 145, overcoming retail's big contradictions and some of the challenges that we need to consider. And then finally, check out episode 141, number 141, which was the end of a previous mini-series that I did with Simon. And that episode is called Simplification Isn't Rocket Science. That was the end of a stream of sessions that we did exploring simplification or even incremental transformation. 
So do check them out. Those links are going to be over at obandco.uk slash 192 once again. And I look forward to joining you on another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now.